Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, I am here with my good friend and mentor and tormentor, Johnny Tai. And we are, yes, thank you. Um, we are part of a kind of, we're the two head people of Johnny's brainchild, which is called, which is a program called Night Strike Self Defense. And it's a self defense program specifically geared towards people who are visually impaired or blind. And um, we just kind of came up with this idea last year. And both of us have had experience with various styles. Well, Johnny's had more experience than I have. Uh, and the demo we're doing today is a combination of two of these styles Aikido from Japan and Krav Maga from Israel. Israel. Um, I have practiced Aikido for about a year and a half, and before that, I've also done a couple of other things here and there. And I practice Krav Maga with Johnny on occasion. And Johnny, can you introduce yourself? Here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, as he already said, we teach a night strike self-defense uh, geared towards blind people and myself. I've been training in various martial arts ever since about eight years old, so I've been kicking around in martial arts world in, uh, for about 25, 26 years. You said kicking around, is that a pun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, getting kicked around, you know, however you want to look at it. So, you know, tonight we're just here. Uh, first, we're going to start off with some board-breaking exhibition. Uh, Clement's going to break like four roofing tiles all at one go. Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast. The best podcast in the world. <laughs> Episode 47. Today's quote. To break that board, you must first break through fear. Wait. What the f*** does that mean anyway? I don't know. But it sounds pretty cool. Well, I don't care. I can say whatever I wish. Because I am Johnny Tiger. And this is my reality. My
song you just heard was put together by yours truly about 10 years ago during a sort of a drunken stupor. Uh, we needed a last song for the album and I just had no inspiration whatsoever. So I got myself a couple shots of whiskey, got a good buzz going and sat down and put together that little jam. Most people upon first hearing it had one of two reactions. They either really, really love it uh, or 
They say it's a piece of crap. In fact, after we released that song, I remember a loyal fan wrote in and say, "You know, I've always loved your song. I love the songs you write, the songs you sing, the songs you play. But what the fuck was that last one? I just sorry. I just can't get into it." <laughs> But hey, we can't always please everybody, and I really didn't write that song to be impressive. It was just a bit of goofing around at the end of the album to fill out some time.、Um, I kind of like it myself. It's a different, very different take, a、uh, very different twist、uh, on my personality, my style of music. Now I have had some loyal fans of the podcast writing in to ask, how come the last few episodes has been so late in coming? Well, friend, here is the thing: even though the episode has been sort of late、uh, in coming out, but if you look at the time,、uh, the length of the last few episodes. Especially this last one has been over three hours long, so you're really not missing out on any content.、Uh, there has been some technical glitches and other、uh, obligations in life, work, to pay the bills, and all that stuff. This is why that this last few episode has taken so long. Also, this has something to do with my New Year's resolution. In the beginning of this year, I. Swore to myself that I would not drive myself into、uh, end-of-year depression like I did last year. Last year I worked and worked and worked, almost 24 hours a day, barely had any sleep, and by the end of the year I was totally burned out. I was totally depressed and had no energy left. This year my resolution was to regain that balance. So that was my fancy way of saying my New Year's resolution was that this year I'm going to be a lazy bugger. <laughs> Now look at this. We are only a week away from Mother's Day.、Uh, by the time you guys hear this podcast, we would be even closer. So I think it's appropriate for us to share a diary entry regarding to my take to Mother's Day and my experience. With my own mother. Previously on Johnny Tiger. I am not a very good son. And before you judge me or try to patronize me, I, I'm just stating a fact. I, I'm. It's not a, a self-recrimination. It's not a.、Uh, I don't say it out of regret.、Uh, it's fact. I'm not a very good son, mostly because my parents hasn't been all that good as parents goes. Because most of my childhood, I was brought up by other people,、uh, Meru for the biggest part, and then uh, uh, lived with my stepmother Maria、uh, on and off. Uh, for a few years,、uh, a time of life、uh, that I wish I can forget or never had to go through.、Uh, in a big part, it's quite possible that those years was what seeded my、uh, lack of respect for my mom. 
I think way back then there was a resentment building inside me that how could my mom let me go through those years without stopping it? You know, you 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 sleep with someone's husband and then you you give your kid to that certain someone uh, to raise. Uh, you know, what do you think would happen? <laughs> you know, uh, it's just so obvious. So to me, I think way back then it's seeded this deep resentment of, uh, I had from my mom. That said, uh, I've done my best to try to be, if not a good son, but uh, be, a, uh, be a son that she could be proud of and be a son that she could be friend with. And uh, in some ways, I say, even though we don't have the bond of mother and child, now we can uh, treat each other as good friends. We can talk and laugh on the phone. That hasn't always been the case. Me and my mom actually had a harder time communicating with each other than even me and my father. But uh, whenever my mom was around on Mother's Day, which wasn't very often, I always tried to uh, do something special for her. Uh, until the one day she wounded me so deeply uh, that that was the last gift I ever bought for her. I think this was in 2000. Three. It was Mother's Day, and I went out shopping. Uh, and I spent uh, quite a bit of money on this beautiful triple layer uh, crystal beaded candelabra. So on Mother's Day, I presented uh, that candelabra to her and uh, waited uh, with bated breath, uh, hoping that there would be some appreciation. And uh, she opened it and held it in her hand for maybe like 20 seconds. And then she put it aside and she turned around and she said to me, You shouldn't have done it. You, 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 you shouldn't get some junk like that for me. She, you, it, w our family was so rich uh, before that there's nothing you can get now that I haven't seen or held before. There's nothing you can get for me now that uh, would, would be equal to what I already had. That comment, I, I don't think she realized at the time. I, 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 really, I really have to say, I don't believe my mom said it deliberately to hurt. Uh, but it's wounded me in such a deep, visceral way that I would never, never get and uh, buy anything for her ever again. Not that I'm angry at her still. Uh, it still hurt when I think of it, but I'm not really angry about it. It just, when I, when I want to buy something for her, I will always remember what she said. Nothing you can get me will match up to what I once had. Then that little bit of spark, that little bit of 
love for my mother, a little bit of warmth in my heart for her would go cold. So I changed my tactic. Another Mother's Day, <laughs> I thought, okay, since I'm not going to get her anything, since nothing I can get would matter, I'm going to take her out for dinner. So um, I got this gift certificate uh, to a pretty expensive steakhouse, and they just ha happened to have a, a promotion on crab dinner that day. So I said, Mom, I'm going to treat you to a crab dinner. Uh, that's what I did. I took her out at night uh, for crab. She she ordered crab. I ordered steak. And that turned out to be a flop too, <laughs> because I I I don't know how many of you have been to a Chinese restaurant. Now my mom, she's used to Chinese food, and the kind of, when you order a crab in Chinese restaurant, it's served with all the fancy trimmings and it's have, they have all kind of interesting ways of preparing it. You can get it uh, deep fried with rock salt or uh, cream, buttercream sauce or uh, ginger and onion uh, or uh, spicy and garlic. You get all kinds of interesting flavors. So uh, my mom was expecting something like that but the kind of crab you are getting in a steakhouse, in a Western American uh, Canadian steakhouse, it's just crab you know they, they just bake the or cook it or whatever and like there's no flavor to it they give you a little dish of butter that you can after you shell the crab you can dip you know you, you, you can eat it with the butter and that's it so well my mom looked at her dinner and she was like oh god you know what kind of crab is this you know this, this is not crab this is this is boring like how, like, why would you pay so much for this stupid dinner like this? And there again, I was totally wounded to the core. And so in the end, I said, here, you know, have my steak. I, I ordered prime rib. I said, here, ha have my prime rib. And uh, I ate the crab. <laughs> so almost every single time, I, try, I went out of my way to try to be a passable son has resulted in me being embarrassed or humiliated. Uh, the only time, strange enough, uh, that it actually worked uh, in my favor was the one year when I gave her nothing, I didn't take her anywhere, but I gave her a card. Uh, I gave her Mother's Day card. And it wasn't even written in uh, Mandarin. Like, I didn't, well, I don't, I don't know how to type Mandarin. So I wrote it in English. When she first got the card, my mom kind of looked at it and kind of, again, she kind of casually said, well, it's nice, but I can't read it, so it's pointless. And by that time, I was pretty much expecting something like this, so it didn't hurt that much. But that night, after I went to bed, or after she thought I went to bed, I heard her talking to her good friend on the phone and apparently what she's done is she took a, ch a translator a Chinese English to Chinese dictionary or one of those electronic translator and she translated what I wrote word by word so she could understand it and she was talking to her friend on the phone while she thought I was in bed and I heard her 
uh, she she was in tears. She was like sobbing, and she she said, "My my son gave me this, such a nice card, and uh, I'm so touched, and you know, uh, it, it, it's nice and you know, stuff like that." Like, like she was touched, but I wish she could show it to me. I wish she could, uh, you know, may, maybe the previous times, maybe when I took her to the steakhouse, maybe when I gave her to the um, gave her gave her the candelabra. Maybe she felt something. I only wish that she could let me know, rather than turning around and wounding me like that. Because if I didn't, if that night after I gave her the card, if I didn't happen to get out of bed to uh, go get a drink of water, I wouldn't have known that she felt she actually felt something about it. It's really strange. Uh, between me and my mom, it's always been a kind of really, really tough, uh, tough love situation. Uh, when my mom come to stay with me, it, it usually went this way. Uh, I never, I never understood it until recently that I, I, I guess I'm getting older and I'm thinking more about my relationship with my family. I used to wonder like why we'd only get along for the first two weeks. And then, right before she left, we would fight tooth and nail. Like, we would fight to the point that I wanted to kick her out. Like, like I, I remember that actually, there were several times where I got so mad at her. And I, I, actually, I actually did say, you know, you know, like, I'm paying the rent here. So if you don't like it, if you have problem, just go back to Taiwan. I actually said something like that, and it, it, it would it, it it would take something to really piss me off a lot for me to say something that nasty or that that direct. Um, but eventually, I came to understand this was my mom's way of coping with not seeing me for a year. This was her way of coping with saying goodbye. So I started to observe that, I started to pay more attention, and indeed, every time she would start to pick fight uh, with me for no reason at all, uh, right before she left. Things that normally wouldn't bug her, uh, things that normally she would be okay with. She would all of a sudden find faults in everything, and she would... Uh, it's like she wanted to provoke me into an argument. And even when she's at the airport waiting for her flight, she would phone me and yell at me. She, she would get me so mad that I wouldn't think about feeling sad about uh, her leaving for another year. Um, I guess in the past five years, six years, um, I've really toned down my temperament a lot. Uh, to, a, to a certain sense, I've reached almost a zen state. Uh, it actually takes a lot to piss me off. Once I'm pissed off, I'm still really explosive. Uh, as my knuckles can testify, uh, but uh, the last few times my mother came to see me, she got so 
frustrated because she couldn't provoke me into a fight. So as a result, every time when it came time for her to let to to leave, it was really tender and really awkward for the both of us because we were both trying not to cry and and it's just that kind of okay, I'm going. Uh, you'll be okay, right? Uh, okay, I'm going. Uh, okay, mom, bye. Uh, mom, uh, you, you you sure you got everything? Uh, kind of thing like that. It, it was like, you know, and I almost missed the good old days where we just had a good row and then, okay, fuck off, mom. <laughs> kind of deal. Uh, um, but yeah, the, the past few times she got downright frustrated with me and she said, what does it take to make you angry? You know, you, you're, something's wrong with you. I, I, I can't make you angry. I said, mom, because I know you are trying to make me angry. So that, that's why, you know, that, that, that's, that's why it's just not working. So, there's really not even a point uh, to this clip. If you enjoyed it, um, I'm glad you're here to hear me ramble on about my dysfunctional relationship with my mother. Uh, but uh, a little bit unusual, I know, but I actually don't have a point to make today. I, I don't have any witty remark uh, other than treasure your mom. Uh, moms are powerful, strong people, but they are people, and they all have their own quirks. We shouldn't expect, just because they are mom, they should be reasonable all the time. And we shouldn't expect, just because they are mom, they should do mom-like things all the time. Treat them just like other people, other uh, exceptional, very exceptional people, and you may find that your mom uh, can be your best friend too. Happy Mother's Day to all those people out there, to all of you out there. Uh, be nice to your mom and show her the respect she deserves. Listening to the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast, the most chaotic and fun-filled podcast around. Hi, I am Allison, and I am here to tell you of a great way to help out your favorite podcast. Hmm, which podcast is that? Of course, this one. <laughs> Even though robot beauties like myself don't eat much, we still like to feel appreciated. Show your support by making a small monthly contribution. Go to www.patreon.com slash johnnytigerexperience. Again, please visit www.patreon.com slash johnnytigerexperience. Hey guys, 
So firstly, I need to apologise for taking so long to post this. <clears throat> I think I promised it about two weeks ago. I also promised it was going to be the G major chord we were going to do. Uh, but I've decided that I think uh, for kind of a more natural progression and a more useful one for now, we're going to do E major. So we know E minor. That is set first and second fingers on the second fret on the 5th and 4th strings so that's the minor version of E now this is the happy version of E it's one of the most common chords in the world of pop music and guitar music and blues anyway so it's the happy version the major version so how do we do it? well we actually press down on the same two strings on the same two frets as the E minor chord. But instead of using our first and second finger, we use our second and third finger. So our second finger is on the second fret of the fifth string, and our third finger is on the second fret of the fourth string. And then, so you can hear that's the same as the E minor chord, and then our index finger tucks in on the first fret of the third string so the G string so it creates E major so once again that is second finger, second fret fifth string third finger, second fret fourth string and first finger first fret third string so <clears throat> the good thing about this chord is like I say it's really common and you can add it in with chords we've already learned so this is the E major chord to the A major okay back to the E major and this is the a minor chord. So it works really well with both those chords, and you can even use it, you know, minor to major or major to minor with the two E chords that we know. So here's major. to be happy or sad what's going on it's like sweet and sour sauce it's like light and dark night and day what do we do uh, anyway that is the E major chord we are going to do the G major chord next uh, I know I said that last time but last time I was lying this time I'm not trust me so if anyone has any questions as usual you can get hold of me publicly privately any other Lee you choose so uh, hopefully that's been helpful. Thanks, guys.
Cooking 101, where happy cooking leads to happier meals. Oops. All right. Um, just cooking dinner here, and I thought it would be fun to do a little cooking thing, instructional.、Uh, for I'm sure a lot there are a lot of great cooks here, and you are own you all know how to do this, and you probably do it better than I do. But just for those who are scared of knives and those who are not very comfortable with chopping stuff. Uh, we are going to use this、uh, bunch of asparagus as、uh, examples. Now, first thing about chopping, I am a big knife nut, so I'm going to talk about knife for、uh, first. Contrary to what people believe,、uh, sharp, the sharper the knife, the better. Okay, people usually say you don't want to play with sharp knife because you're going to cut yourself. The truth of the matter is. It's the dull knife that is going to end up cutting you when you are trying to chop and dice and do all kind of stuff, because a sharp knife will bite into the whatever you're cutting without much effort. It's a dull knife that you have to apply a lot of、uh, unnecessary force, and that will cause the knife to slip and cut you when you least expect it. So, if you want to be good at chopping stuff. Like a lot of good chef will say, you need a good knife, you need a good sharp knife. So before you start cutting, it's a good idea to just、uh, take a honing rod、uh, or a sharpener and just cut up your knife. Now, got a asparagus and a knife. The asparagus in my left hand, knife in my right hand. I got,、uh, got the asparagus lying crosswise on the cutting board. To be absolutely safe, until you are really good at this,、uh, cut always cut away from your hand, and starting from where your fingernail meets the vegetable. Always keep your hand on the vegetable, so you know where your knife is going. But have the knife flat against your fingernail,、uh, like uh, not on your fingernail, mind you. So your your fingertips should be on the vegetable or whatever you're cutting. Fingernail facing outward, the flat of your fingernail against the side of the knife. That's the first cutting point. That and then we'll we cut down and pick up,、uh, lift up the knife. Lift up your hand, move your hand up the vegetable. Another step, cut. Use your fingernail as a guide. Now, one thing to make sure you keep your thumb out of the way. I'm using the fingernail of my index finger and middle finger as a guide, and my I'm keeping my thumb tucked behind my hand. So you definitely don't want your thumb to be poking out to the side or in front of your fingernail because you are going to cut yourself. Now. Once you are much more comfortable with it, you can actually make it a lot faster. And my hands basically just、uh, jumping up along the asparagus as I cut. 
And that's one stalk of asparagus all diced up, nice and ready to go. As you get a little bit better with、uh, controlling the knife and are more a little bit more confident, you can actually do a different kind of cutting technique. I don't know what these techniques are called. They are just what I use. So the second way to cut, which is actually a lot faster but slightly more dangerous, so do not do this unless you really know what you're doing. Yes, I'm going to measure out a length of distance on the vegetable、uh, between my thumb and forefinger and middle finger. So I measure out a space of、uh, about three or four inches, and I'm my knife is going to start from my where my thumb is and just、uh, jump, dance its way over to where my、uh, middle finger and index finger are. So along this length that I have my hand measured out, okay, you can hear and go really fast. We do that, but be really careful. If you cut yourself, I'm not responsible. <laughs> and it would be totally ironic if I cut myself while I'm doing this. Now. Cutting one stalk of asparagus at one time is a bit of a hard work. Well, it's not hard, but it's slow work. So, what if we want to do、uh, more than one at a time? Let's say we have we have four, a bunch of four. Now,、uh, one way to do it, you can do the same thing. So,、uh, now I'm I got all four asparagus lined up side by side, lengthwise on the cutting board, and I measure out the distance with my. Finger, and this time I'm actually using all four fingers to secure them so they don't roll out of the way as I'm cutting. So as you cut, you move your hand up the length of all four asparagus. Make sure the knife does not go too close to your hand because four asparagus going to have a tendency to want to roll. And you do not want to have a cutting accident while you are doing this. Another way to do this is use a rubber band to tie the asparagus together, or just cut them when they are still in a bunch. You know, when you buy asparagus, you are,、uh, they are tied with a rubber band. So rather than taking off the rubber band, just move the rubber band over to one end. Usually. The tough end, the 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 end that you tend to be woody and tough, the the end that you tend to throw out.、Uh, move the rubber band over to that end, and then cut from the tip backward using a knife. This way, the asparagus will stay together. Now I know we are using we are just talking about asparagus here, but the same cutting principle can apply to many things: carrot, celery. Uh, uh, All kinds of stuff. Even if you are slicing sausages or meat, meat take a little bit more work. So we'll cover that some other time. And one thing to always keep in mind is, if the knife seems stuck, if the knife is not going through, do not try to force it. Because when you start applying force on a knife, any kind of accident just waiting to happen. So. I hope this has been useful for somebody. Happy cooking, happy meal, and be safe.
The following commercial contains some strong language and suggestions of a sexual nature. If you are under the legal age or are easily offended, please skip forward two minutes. Now, right now. Still here? Okay then, here we go. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the rail. Are you looking for love? Oh yeah, we've got love. What is it that you like about my tits? You have construction tits. I sure do enjoy snacking on the pink velvet meat curtains. He masturbated in my inbox. Oh my lord. Are you looking for peace and tranquility? We got plenty of that too. You are nobody to me. I don't know you, but if I know anything about Mexican men, is that they are only out for one thing. So listen, Fleabag, leave me alone and stop messaging me or I'm going to mute you. I think you're full of shit, to be honest. I don't like how you talk about women. I was raised by a woman. I got a daughter and all that. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Fuck all that, you hear me? You bitch. I hope you know that it's only gonna get worse for you. What you did to me was not good and you will pay for it. Or are you looking to extend the hand of friendship? You all either fucking get along with me on here or mute me, or guess what? I will just fucking disappear and never fucking come on here ever again. Don't mind me, I'm using the restroom. I apologize. I normally don't do this on a question, but I wanted to get my feelings out. I'm obese. Would you sit next to me on a plane? Get on my thread, follow the rules. Smack that ass thread. All chatter, no text. So, if you're just looking to bone your way through a bunch of visually impaired bitches and hoes, or just wish to cast judgement on somebody for having a speech impediment, why not get Varail today? Varail is available from the Apple and Android app stores, no purchase necessary. When I was a little boy, my father said to me, Son, if someone was to bully you in school, if someone was to pick on you, you need to learn to handle it yourself. Fight your own fight. After all, we have to stomp our own snakes and face down our own demons. Don't be a little bitch. My mom, on the other hand, said, well, if someone pick on you in school, let the authorities know. Tell the teachers. Let us know. After all, we're here to take care of you because you are blind. I didn't know which one of them to listen to. When I was a teenager and got into bodybuilding, my father said, you have to learn to wear tank tops. Those muscles don't do no good if no one can see them. You need to be proud of them, be proud of what you have, and show them off to the world. My mom, on the other hand, said, You need to not wear tank tops. No one likes to show off. You need to blend in, learn to be low-key, so people can like you. I didn't know which one of them was right. When I was in my 20s, my father said, Now that you're old enough to go into the world, you need to learn to use your anger 
be assertive, learn to be aggressive, learn to slam that table, learn to smash that cup, throw that chair. Because if you are not aggressive, no one will pay you any mind. My mom, on the other hand, said, "You need to stop being so aggressive. Learn to harness your temper, because no one likes an aggressive asshole." I didn't know which one of them was right. Now, quickly approaching forty, my father says, "You need to hurry up and get somewhere in the world." You don't have much time left. You need to work hard and work harder. My mother, on the other hand, says, "You don't have much time left to enjoy life. Well, you're still young. Relax, have fun, take good care of yourself, and don't work so hard." I still don't know which one of them's right. Today. I'm a counselor by day, and a martial art instructor by night. In the daytime, I sit passively behind my desk, listening to the problems of the world, helping people, trying to achieve a peaceful solution. While at night, I'm out there sparring, fisticuffing, teaching people how to survive a violent encounter. I am a man of contradictions. Maybe, in the end, they were both right. To another episode of Night Strike 101, where I talk about self-defense and martial art-related matters. Hopefully, you'll never have to use any of these tips, but hopefully, one day, they might just save your life and get you out of a bad situation if you ha- find yourself in a sticky situation. So today, I want to talk a little bit about tactical pen. Now a lot we talk a lot about self-defense tools, and people know about your regular pepper spray, your regular stun gun, taser, and of course people know about guns and knives. But not many people have talked about tactical pens. Now, what are tactical pens? Well, they generally look like your regular fountain pen. But they are made of very stiff, very tough material. Many tactical pens are made of aluminum or stainless steel, and there are titanium ones out there available. The common thing about the tactical pen 
is that you can write with it and it's also stiff enough so it won't break and the point is extremely sharp and hard. The ideal tactical pen would also have a flat butt end for you to rest your thumb on and that we'll talk about in a second and we'll talk about how to deploy how to use a tactical pen. The advantage of a tactical pen is that it is a hard pain inducing tool that is not a lethal weapon although it definitely can be lethal in the right hand. It is usually often overlooked by police officers if you happen to get searched so you won't have the same difficulty you would if you are trying to explain away your 7-inch combat knife. A tactical pen also don't have the same stigma attached to it as knives so when you carry a tactical pen you can carry it proudly in your breast pocket just like you would any regular pen and no one would be able to tell, say that that's not a pen. So it's a, uh, it's a self-defense weapon in plain sight. Even an attacker uh, would probably be surprised when you pull, pull out a pen and defend yourself with it. Now let's look at how you hold a tactical pen. When you first pull out the pen, you will wrap your fingers around it make sure uh, to hold it like a commando style hold in a knife fighting in a commando style so the point faces down uh, the, the, the business end of the pen come out from the bottom of your fist and you rest your thumb on the butt end of the pen and now you got a secure hold that allow you to punch allow you to bring the pen forward to stab with it and allow you to do all kinds of stuff. What are some of the things that you can do with a tactical pen? Well, I'm sure a lot of you are already saying, no, oh, you can jam it in someone's eyes. Well, yes you can. You totally can. If you want to kill the person. But there are a lot of things you can do with a tactical pen that just makes things so much easier in self-defense situation. For example, many of you have learned in your rudimentary self-defense class if someone come up to you and grab your shirt and want to pull or push you what do you want to do how, how do you get out of that uh, there are uh, about a gazillion different moves different martial arts teach you you do this with your hand you grab them here you twist their wrist there you kick them here you twist your body there okay all that might work but they may also fail there's no foolproof move in the world. So how do you know which one's going to work, which one's not? Well, you don't. However, there's one thing that almost always work. Someone come up to me, grab my shirt. I pull out my pen from my breast pocket or wherever pocket I carry in. I grab that in the commando style hold. I jam the tip of the pen right into the, the, tissue, the, the flesh between their finger and thumb, that bulging part between the finger and thumb, I jam that in. I guarantee you they let go of you right away. Huh? 
even if I don't go for the uh, that part between the thumb and the forefinger, I jam this pen down in the soft part in uh, on the inside of the wrist. I jam that in, yeah. Or I go for the inside, the soft part of the elbow where the elbow bend. I jam this thing in, then let go. It's a very natural instinct. The human body is programmed to shrink away from sudden sharp pain, even though that pain is not going to kill them. Okay, jamming the pen in the between the finger is not going to kill them. Jamming it in the wrist probably won't kill them, unless you puncture an uh, important artery or vein or whatever. Okay, jamming it in the el elbow that's not going to kill them, but it's going to make them shrink away. This is utilizing how our natural tendency is when when you get pricked by a needle okay when you step on something sharp your first instinct no matter what is to pull away so this is exactly the same so even let's say a person is charging at me okay wanting to beat me to the ground they want to just wrestle me to the ground this person is like charging me a big guy a big guy with muscular all I have to do, take my tactical pen and jam it into his torso. Back away, back off, back off. Okay, I keep jamming that into his chest or stomach as long as I keep the point on him and apply force. That sharp needle-like pain is going to drive them back. So these are just some of the non-lethal way uh, a tactical pen can be utilized. Uh, of course, there are things that much, much more serious you can do with it. Another thing that a tactical pen become really handy is it when if you want to deploy any kind of grapple, hold, or joint lock, having a hard, sharp object in your hand makes a person a lot more compliant. Let's say. I grab someone by the wrist and I try to unlock them or take them to the ground. That person's going to fight, they're going to pull, they're going to struggle. Yeah, that, that's going to make my job really hard. Anything can go wrong. I don't want to stay here and mess around with the guy. So let's say I grab a hold of that wrist, I pull out the, my tactical pen, I put him in the arm lock and have the pen point on his arm and then I, all I have to do is I walk back with keeping the point of the pen on their flesh. They are not going to fight that. No one going to make themselves go towards that needle-sharp pain. So keep in mind, when you're looking for that self-defense tool, a tactical pen is a usually non-lethal, perfectly legal, and although it takes a little bit of training, it's a perfectly serviceable self-defense tool in the right hand. Be safe out there and have a good night. And now for more badassery. Only here on the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast. The best podcast in the world. Blade 101. 
where plastic bottles meet their doom. Okay, welcome to Blades 101. Technically, this should be in Night Strike 101, but uh, it, it will fit. Um, today, I want to talk about your EDC knife, your everyday carry knife. Uh, there, I'm going to do a quick little review first, but today I want to talk about how to, how to uh, prepare yourself in a self-defense situation with your EDC knife, because just having a knife in your pocket is not enough. Uh, you need to know how to deploy it and use it. Um, no, I'm not going to teach you how to kill people. <laughs> um, but first, you need to practice. You need to practice how to get the knife out in a timely manner. If you can't extract your knife in under five seconds, then you're not ready for self-defense with a knife. It's just a fact of the matter because you reach in for that knife, fumbling with it, uh, already will give the person time to grab your wrist and take the knife from you, or kick you, or hit you in the face, and then you're in a whole world of uh, pain. So the whole point of an EDC knife in self-defense purposes is I have to be able to extract it just like that. Again, you know, let's say I'm, I have my hand by my side, I'm in a casual conversational tone, not with your hand on the knife, that's cheating, that doesn't count because you're not, you don't walk around town with your hand on your knife. So uh, either in a uh, regular standing pose or in a you know, arm crossed over my chest, at any time in the conversation I can reach down and grab and deploy, just like that. I don't know if you guys can hear that click, that's when I deploy my, uh, my folding knife, like that. Uh, not sure how good that pick, picked up when I did that in the middle of a conversation. Um, so, first, if you want to practice that, uh, probably not not a good idea to practice with, with a real knife because you might cut yourself. So, there's a little new training knife I bought here. It's the uh, Kershaw Emerson. Uh, e trainer knife. You can get it for thirty dollar US, and it's exactly the same feel. It's exactly like an Emerson uh, CQC knife, except this one has a trainer blade. It's not sharp, but it's fully metal. It's it's the same steel, same configuration. It feels just like the real knife. It works just like the real knife, except you can't cut anything with this. Um, some of you might say, well, that's foolish to spend $30 buying a fake knife. Well, I'm going to tell you that um, if you get good with a knife, even with a fake knife like this, because it's full, it's steel. It, it's, uh, you know, it got a three inch of steel uh, blade. Though blunted, I can use it to still do a massive amount of damage to a person uh, if I really wanted to. Uh, I'll show you. If I'm going to hit with this blade, okay, that would be the impact. But I'm impacting with a blunted steel blade with that. That would break bones. So, 
you know, don't knock it just because it doesn't have a sharp blade. It's safe for you to practice with and uh, perfectly serviceable as a short-range self-defense uh, pain-inducing tool. Uh, as I said, this is the Kershaw Emerson E-Trainer Knife. Uh, you can find it on knifecenter.com. Now, let's look at uh, how to go about and practice if you can deploy your knife in time. As I said, the first step is to be able to do it from a standing position. So, walking around the room, hand by my side, and suddenly grab the knife and deploy. It's out. There we go. Talking on the phone in the middle of a conversation, you can, uh, if you can reach down, grab and deploy, that's right away, you know, like that. And then from that point on, we can go from sitting, sitting in a chair, typing on the computer, anytime when you're typing, stop, grab the knife and deploy. And after you, if you can do that, if you can do it from sitting and standing with all within uh, uh, five seconds, then you can move on to the next step. I'll put the phone down for this. So I'm laying down on the floor on my front. So let's say I'm in bed or something. If I got knocked down by someone and I can, uh, from this position, I can squirm around and still extract the knife. Okay, and then on your back, same thing. Let's say you are laying on your back for some reason, sleeping, or if someone just knocked you down, and without getting to your feet, you're able to grab the knife and deploy it. And now back to standing, spin yourself around in circles, just uh, let get yourself really dizzy, and then grab the knife and deploy. Okay, get down and do push-ups. Uh, we'll do fast push-ups to get ourselves tired. And then at the end of our 10 push-ups, we're gonna grab the knife and deploy. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, as you get the idea, to be able to say that you're totally ready to use your knife in a self-defense situation, you need to practice with it days and nights until you can draw this thing and deploy from any position, any kind of condition you're in, tired, dizzy, hurt, whatever. Also, practice to cross-draw. Let's say your right arm get disabled. I'm all, I can still reach over with my left hand, grab the knife, and pull it out and deploy. Thank you for checking out the Blade 101, as usual. Be responsible when you're handling something sharp. Remember, knives don't kill people. It's always people that kill people.
Fitness 101, where we work hard and play harder. Welcome back to another Fitness 101, where we share little workout tips and drills designed for our fighters to get stronger, faster, have better endurance, and be more explosive. This week, we have been exploring the push-up series to build upper body strength and core uh, strength and uh, all that good stuff. Today, we are looking at a different type of beginner to intermediate level push-up. It's called the side tap push-up. Earlier in the series, we explored the hand tap push-up, which is at the top of the push-up. You take one hand off the floor and tap the opposite hand. So as that logic, of course, the side tap push-up would be uh, you take one hand off the floor at the top of every push-up and tap the outside of your thigh. Or you can tap your own butt or, you know, uh, just outside of your leg, butt, waist area. And this will help build your stability and uh, uh, core strength. So let's look at that. Going down on the push-up position. And go down on the regular push-up. And then when you push up, take one, I take my right hand off the floor, tap my side, ouch. Not that hard. <laughs> and then do another push-up. Up, left hand, tap the side. Push up, tap the side, right, right side this time. Push up, tap left side. Push up, right side. Now, just so we don't end up with a bunch of tap push-ups, I'm going to just take this chance and say, there's a whole bunch of these. Okay, there's a hand tap, tap the hand. There's a side tap, tap the side. You can also, you can also tap your uh, opposite shoulder when you come up. That's an option as well. You can tap your own belly. You can tap your own head. Okay? And if you are really adventurous, you can do multi-tap. Okay? Like this. Do a push-up. Hand, shoulder, stomach, head, thigh. Push-up. Hand, shoulder, stomach, head, thigh. Push-up. Hand, shoulder, stomach, head, thigh. Okay? That's a multi-tap push-up. Yeah, that's actually quite tiring. <laughs> Alright. Have a good workout. Over 70% of crimes occur in dark places during dark hours. And over 30% of those involve a weapon. Hey, check that out. Let's get her. Being alert is the first rule of survival. Uh, come on, man. She's blind. She ain't gonna have nothing. <laughs> come on, man. This'll be easy. So easy. Come on, don't be such a little wuss. I can feel their eyes on me. And they are closing in. 
three of them. Hey, sweetie. Are you lost? Oh, well, maybe we could help you out. Second rule of survival? Stay calm, be ready. You got any money on you? Come on, let me see. Come on, let me see what you got in there. Come on, let me see some money. Give me some money. Come on, give me your money. Come on, give me your money. Give me your money. Gun pressed to my forehead, look scared. Element of surprise is the third rule of survival. Whoa, whoa, take it easy there. What are you guys doing? What is that? It's a gun, you what? Got to move fast. Deflect the barrel away from me. One less to worry about. Follow through with rule number four. Parry the low line stab in from the right. Control. Neutralize. Learn how to protect yourself and your loved ones. Visit www.tacticalpersonalprotection.com. Mention the Johnny Tiger experience for your free session today. Captain Lo-Fi, catch the wind with me now and set sail through a moment of my life on the ocean that is all of life. As a metaphor, gold is used in many a cultural context to express perfection, the immaculate, the perfect, the top of the top of the top. Recently, I have said to many, possibly to the point of being annoying, what a golden spring we were having. April insisted on being beautiful this year. The beauty went on and on and on to a surfeit of moments of sweet, perfect, yes, golden weather. The birds took up the trend. They sang extra. Their songs were all sweet. They carried beautifully in the low humidity air. My ears received them and I said, this is beautiful. God is love. My faith is strong. Everything is all right. A sad tarnish came upon the gold Saturday afternoon the 28th of April. My daughter texted me, 
Hey, Daddy, can we come over and get those speakers we have stored in your big room? Sure, I said, in an absolutely golden mood. Come on over. This they did then, opening the door, coming in, and walking into my big room or music room or whatever it's proper to call a converted garage. Says my daughter, there's Miss Lola guarding those speakers. Miss Lola stood up to walk away from them as she's not much inclined toward reception of company. Says my daughter, Daddy, is she okay? I think so. What's the matter? I asked. She's having trouble walking, Daddy. It looks serious. To make a long story short, it was serious. Miss Lola spent the weekend at the emergency vet clinic, and yesterday, an ultrasound of her liver and internal organs confirmed the likelihood of lymphoma. I had to put Lola down yesterday afternoon. While that was going on, the tarnish attacked another arena at Castle Lo-Fi. Sunday night, the full moon having come and its waning beginning, three young men saw fit to force entry into my house. One of them has a name that strangely sounds like some new opiate or tranquilizer. Detrevanian. I wouldn't have done that to my child, and maybe that's why he turned bad. So bad as to steal all seven of my guitars. My phone, an old iPod that was just lying around, and a few other odds and ends. The scary part was I woke up. I heard them. I heard them conferring very calmly. What are we going to do? With no trace of fright or apprehension, after all, they had seen that white cane by the door. They knew a blind man lived in this house. Pay dirt, they must have thought, like winning the lottery. But thankfully, Austin has a police force, and they do their job. Today, I was reunited with one of those guitars. The man has pictures of the other ones and will shortly obtain a search warrant, and I will probably get some of them back. But may I say, it's been quite the past few days. You are listening to the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast. Like more Johnny Tiger contents? Sure you do. 
go to www.johnnytiger.com and there you can access the YouTube channels, get contact information, and much, much more. Thank you for listening. All right, stop right there. I'll shoot the man who takes another step. You think you're going to stop us, Dylan? I think so. Me and Doc. Doc. Show him, Doc. Sure thing, Marshal. Look, boys, surprise. Shotguns. I sure do love surprises. Dylan, I've got a dozen men with me. Well, sure, about six of them will die, Finley, if you don't crawl out of here fast. And guess who'll die first, Big Jack? You there, Moncrief. I always figured you for some brains. Get your boss out of here, quick. You sure talking sense, Big Jack. Shut up, Moncrief. You showing yellow. Oh, but man, there's nothing here for us to die over. Listen to him, Finley. That greener Doc is holding has 18 buckshot in each barrel. He'll get slaughtered if he triggers that thing. And I'm getting edgy, Finley. And me, if I get a coughing spell, I'm liable to shoot without meaning to. All right, all right. (laughs) This is twice you have made a Finley back down. You'll never get a third chance. Let's get out of here. Hey, guys. Doing a gun review here of the Airsoft ASG Frenchy SAS-12 Tri-Burst Shotgun. This version is with a full stock, so it's a longer gun. Um, This review will be in two parts because of the time constraint and recording. So part one, the one we are in now, I'll talk about the gun. And part two, I'll do a bit of a shooting test. So the Frenchy SAS-12 is a fully licensed product uh, with a Frenchy uh, shotgun maker, and it's made by ASG, uh, pretty uh, budget-friendly airsoft line. This shotgun, yes, yeah, pretty large because it's uh, it's come in two versions. One is without stock and just with a pistol grip, but the one I got here is the one with a shoulder stock. And the whole thing is over, just over 40 inches long and weighs about four pounds. This shotgun has two full metal barrels, although only one barrel is functional. The other one is decorative. It has front and rear sight and a built-in hop-up system. The pump and the receiver and the stock are mostly high strength polymer with a lot of the inner workings are uh, metal which gives this gun a really good heft. It also has a four shotgun shell carrier uh, attached to the stock and a sling that attached to the stock and the barrel so you can sling this you can carry this on your back or uh, across the shoulder for uh, use as secondary weapon if you wish. The gun uh, fires three 
BBs at once. Each shotgun shells hold 30 BBs, which means you can fire 10 shots before switching out your shell. To load your shell, there's a lever just in front of the trigger on the right side. So when you pull the lever, there's going to there's a little uh, door uh, or feed door that open up just in front of the trigger, and you feed in the shell and snap the door shut after that. Of course, since it's a pump-action shotgun, before you fire, you have to pump the shotgun, and now it's ready to go. This has a very comfortable trigger. It's not overly hard to pull, and with the stock, you can actually uh, hold this gun really well and fire it one-handed. The safety feature, uh, the safety is right between the pistol grip and the trigger. There's a little button, when it's pushed to the right, then it is unsafe. Then when you push it to the left, it is ready to fire. Now one thing you gotta keep uh, watch out for is when you're ready to switch the shell, so you pull the lever to open the breech or, or the, the loading uh, compartment, this shell is going to come dropping out of the gun. So you, you have to have your other hand there ready to catch it, otherwise that shell is going to bounce off uh, to god knows where. And as I said, there are, uh, there's, there's a shell holder attached to the stock, so uh, you can have your spare shells ready at hand. This gun uh, sells for about $90 and it comes with a cleaning rod, four shotgun shells and a shell loader that I'll talk about in the next part before the shooting test. First, I must say, <coughs> aesthetically this is a good looking shotgun, like really realistic looking. Uh, I've been asked by so many students that if it was a real shotgun, that's how real it is. But unfortunately, it is a little bit of a disappointing product, and I'm going to list some of the problems here. First of all, it is not very well constructed. As soon as I took it out of the package, both front and rear sides fell off and have to be glued back in place, and I just left them be because I, I'm not going to use the front and rear sides anyway. I don't need to look at them. Uh, and also the hop-up system inside the barrel that also fell off as the first day out of the barrel. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer where it's almost a hundred dollar worth of gun. And the construction on the gun's receiver leaves a lot to be desired because it's kind of loose. Uh, like when I first started using it, it used to rattle a lot when I fired the gun. It's almost like the gun's ready to fall apart. So I actually have to uh, put some black electrical tape uh, all over the body of the gun to give it a more solid feel. So now it feels more solid and comfortable in the hand. So again, for a $100 gun, this is a bit of a bummer. Uh, and also, the, the, 
there's another problem, and this is more with the shotgun shells than the gun itself. The gun fires beautifully. You pump it, you fire it. However, it doesn't always fire when, when you pull the trigger because these BBs have the tendency to get stuck inside the shotgun shells. So when you pull the trigger, there's like a no 60% chance that it's going to fire properly. Sometimes you'll get, you know, only one BB rather than three and sometimes nothing come out and you have to keep firing it and like, you know, hit, pounding on it until it load, uh, like the BBs get unjammed and it's really, really annoying. Like, I'm glad I don't uh, do any airsoft war because this would not be a gun that I trust my game to in the airsoft war. Um, granted, uh, the three shot configuration is really nice when it works because you know you, you have three BBs in a tight grouping going out and when it hits the target it creates a nice triangular uh, pattern. It, it's really nice way when it decides it's one to work. Um, but there's another problem with this gun that it's not really ideal for people who uh, like for people who don't have a lot of arm strength because this is actually harder to pump than even a real shotgun. The pump on this thing is so heavy that even for me, I you know, and I'm a guy who's you know used to hard heavy work. Even for me, after firing four shells worth of BBs, my arms are really sore. Working this, it's really stiff to try to pump uh, because it need to work springs for three, uh, three BBs at once. So for kids, uh, for some women, and even for some guys, this may not be an ideal shotgun for you. Uh, also, it is, keep in mind, a four-pound shotgun, so it can be a bit cumbersome and a bit tiring if you are not used to a heavier weapon like this. So, all that said, um, would I recommend this gun? Unfortunately, as fun as this gun is, as much as I like it myself, I really can't in good conscience recommend it because of the breakage issue and the jamming issue, the shotgun shells jamming and uh, the, the the weight and how hard it is to work the pump. Uh, I mean, if you can get it $50 or like half price, then I would say go for it. If nothing else, make a really beautiful decoration on the wall. But otherwise, I would say give this one a pass. We'll now take a quick little break before going into the studio to do some shooting tests. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? 
This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-Mart. Welcome to my studio. Here we are with the shooting test of the ASG Frenchie shotgun. Airsoft version, of course, not the real thing. Uh, first we must load it, and that's when I, I'm going to talk about the uh, loader, the shell loader. Now the gun comes with uh, four shotgun shells. Now these shells, you can't re really load them by hand without a loader, so a loader is provided. Now what does it look like? The loader looks a little bit like uh, a squarish or rectangular syringe with a mouth or a feeder uh, on the one hand, one end, and the other end has a plunger and a little latch that you can open. And once you open the latch, you load BBs into the loader by hand. Uh, you don't really have to do it by hand, but I find that I have more control doing it manually. It's a little bit slower this way. So you just grab BBs and drop them into the loader. Um, and once you are done doing that, you close the little gate on the side or the latch and you grab your shotgun shell. You line the feeder or the mouth up with a nipple on the shotgun shell and then you depress the plunger. And you just keep doing it until the plunger wouldn't go down anymore and you know your shell is full. Now, grab my shooting glasses. Now this gun fires at 240 to 260 FPS velocity. So, um, it's advised that you wear goggles. Yes, even though I'm blind, I still don't want my eyeball getting pinned by stray ricochets. Now for this shooting test, I have set up the metal target for best auditory uh, effect. Normally I do not use this gun with metal target because it is a little bit too powerful for that and it does tend to rebound or ricochet like crazy on metal target. So usually I use this gun on soft target where it will penetrate and I can count scores later. But like I said, for this shooting test, I set out the metal target uh, for best effect. Alright, now the shell's loaded and we have to uh, load the shotgun. And there we go, we are ready. This first round, I'll shoot from the shoulder, normal. just to get used to the gun.
you can hear the multiple shots uh, hitting, I hope. Can hear when I actually nail the target, that metal, very distinctive sound. Headshot. How did I know that's a headshot? Because the metal target for the head part is different from the rest. It has much more resonance to it. That's a body shot. Much less resounding. And that's a miss. And that was the first shell. Reloading. So for the second round, I'm going to bring the recorder closer to the target so you guys get a, a close up front row seat effect and I'm going to be shooting from the hip last round I shot from the shoulder all right hope you can still hear me now that uh, you are way across the room from me you are where the target is like I said second round shooting from the hip Reloading. For the next round, I'm going to show you guys how this can be uh, done with a almost an auto uh, effect. You can uh, pump fire, you can uh, slam fire this shotgun. All you have to do is hold down the trigger while you uh, work the pump and it will continue to fire. Now, like I said in the review itself, it has a very heavy pump. So this may not work for everybody. Round three, slam firing. Reloading. Okay, we've gone through three shells so far. We're on our last one. Last shell, I'm going to be firing from crouching. 
That's fun. And that concludes our shooting test with the ASG Frenchie shotgun. Thank you for checking out this week's Airsoft Review. Hope everybody had as much fun as I did. I'll see you guys later. The following commercial contains some strong language and suggestions of a sexual nature if you are under the legal age or are easily offended. Please skip forward two minutes. Now, right now. Still here? Okay then, here we go. And now, a word from our sponsor. Pink Cherry Canada is Canada's largest online sex toy retailer. We pride ourselves on competitive pricing, superior customer service, and fast and discreet shipping. In fact, most often orders are shipped the same day. Our goal is to make you happy. We stock over 8,000 sex toys, adult products, and lingerie with over 5,000 product reviews to help you decide what product is right for you. We stock the largest brand selection in Canada. We take the time to photograph our products to give you a solid idea of what you are buying and include promotional videos when available. Unlike many companies, we stock everything we sell on our 100% secure website. New products are added every day, so make sure to check out our new arrivals section. Pinkcherry.ca offers the largest brand selection in Canada. In 2011, we were rated one of the top 50 adult retailers by adult industry experts AVN. Canada Post expedited shipping is free after a purchase of just $49, and we also have other affordable, faster shipping options. And don't worry, being discreet is also of extreme importance. Your order will come packaged in a plain box or envelope. The shipping label will read TVMVM. Your credit card or PayPal account will be charged under the name TVMVM as well. This is all backed by our 33-day price match guarantee. We are a Canadian-owned and operated family-run business since 2007 and operate out of our 25,000-square-foot warehouse. Check out our website for great deals on products and savings up to 80% off and be sure to sign up for our newsletter in order to receive information on weekly specials and coupon codes. <sighs> Little Johnny's family was sitting down at the dinner table having dinner. Suddenly, Little Johnny screamed and complained that his little sister just bit him on the arm. Well, Johnny, said mother, as a normal adult would, your sister's young. She doesn't understand that it hurts. You as a big brother should be more forgiving. It's okay. She doesn't understand. A few minutes later, suddenly there's another commotion. This time, the little sister was screaming and crying. Mother looked over. Johnny, what did you do? Well, said little Johnny, now she knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing I would have done when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, now that we are at the end of the episode, let's give a shout out. If you would like a cool airsoft gun of your own, the ASG shotgun, or some other guns I have reviewed, go to replicaairguns.ca. That is assuming you are in Canada. That is www.replicaairguns.ca. 
and there you will find a great selection of BB guns, air guns, and replica guns. Thank you for checking out this episode. Any feedback, comments, send it to johnnytiger at shaw.ca. For our patron info, visit us at johnnytiger.com. You can also find me on YouTube, uh, Reddit, Facebook, and a lot of other places that you don't expect me to be. <laughs> and now, let us have our dear Captain Lo-Fi sing us out. Thank you for checking out this episode. Um, oh, before I forget, and I almost did, um, next episode may be a little bit late in coming because currently I am facing a bit of a hard drive glitch. And also I have another project that just dropped into my lab. I have to give my first attention to that may take a day or two. But be rest assured, you will hear my voice again very soon. Sometimes you stand in p 
comfortable Like a picture hanging in the house of the blind The doctor says there's nothing wrong with your heart Why does it stay broken all the time? How well I know It's been revealed to me crooked lawyer when they put you up on trial he told you what to tell them and he taught you when to smile but even though he held your hand you still broke down on the witness stand because everything's against you Everything's against you